0: Hey there, whizzes, and welcome back to the podcast. You guys have been asking for it, and now it is time to deliver an episode all about promoting your packaged food products through Pinterest. I've gotten so many requests for this topic, and it took me a while to find the perfect expert to bring on, but today I am ready. You'll soon meet Jennifer Priest, a social media strategist and educator specializing in generating massive traffic with Pinterest. So if you've ever wondered if Pinterest is right for your brand, what tools you should use for success on Pinterest, how to market your products on that platform, and the most common mistakes that Jennifer sees brands make on Pinterest, you are going to love today's show. Keep on listening. You're listening
1: to Food Biz Ways the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions.
0: Let's get going. Hey there, Jennifer, and welcome to Food Biz Whiz. Hi, Allie. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Me too. So as always, Jennifer, I'm going to give a little bit of an intro on you so you don't have to sing your own praises, and then we are going to jump right into our conversation today. So you guys, I am really, really excited for today's episode because we have the opportunity to learn from a woman who is such a leader on this topic, and she is uniquely positioned to share some expert advice here. So Jennifer has experience as an Etsy shop owner. So she knows what it's like to sell a physical product. She's a lifestyle blogger, an influencer and a content creator. And she has spent a decade as a social media manager. So she's got you covered on all sides. If you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I'm in a group with fellow digital course creators, and that's where Jennifer and I met in early 2019. So Jennifer is known as the Pinterest guru in our group, and her course, Smart Pin Pro, uh, with her course, Smart Pin Pro, and I was so stoked when she said she was willing to come on and share her secrets with us. So Jennifer, I'm so happy to have you on here today. Can we get right into it by you telling us how you got interested in Pinterest in the first place?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I had a blog and I did a lot of crafts and DIY, but I also started doing food and one of my friends was a bigger blogger than me and she said, why aren't you working with sponsors? And I realized, well, I, I didn't have enough traffic to really work with sponsors and I also wanted to monetize that blog with ads. So I had been doing all these other things and I was on the verge of burnout. So I had the Etsy shop and I was doing craft fairs and um, teaching and and traveling and it was just you know doing online classes and it was it was a lot. So yeah. blogging was one of those things where I was like, this is a little more passive, and I think I could I think I could do it. But the one thing I was lacking, the most essential thing, was traffic. And so everyone was like, you got to go on Pinterest, you got to use Pinterest. And I was like, I'm doing everything, <laughs> and obviously I wasn't doing everything. And so I started taking this different approach. Um, I took an online course that kind of sparked me taking a different approach to Pinterest, and then I just really deep dive, did like a deep dive on it. And within six months, I increased my traffic by 1800% to over 100,000 page views and started um, with an ad
0: network. Oh my Um, God. Wait, can you say that stat again?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I went from, for those of you who want some more frame of reference, um, I increased my traffic 1800% from 10,000 page views to over 190,000 page
0: views in about six months. And those are monthly page views. Oh my God. So, I feel like if I could swear <laughs> on this podcast, I would. Holy cow. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's all, that's all it's Pinterest organic, not paid traffic. Um, now that was in 2016, 2015, 2016. So a little bit of a different time. However, you totally can do that now. So from December of 2018 to December, 2019, I doubled, no, yeah, doubled my
0: traffic but I tripled revenue. So you can still do it. You can still do it. I love this. I love talking to people who have actually done this. And one of the things that I am thinking about is so many of my producers, so many students in Retail Ready have great success in brick and mortar, but they want to grow their online business, right? Like they want to grow their direct to consumer sales. That's where the margin really is. And so when you start talking about traffic. That's what they need. They mo- need more people coming to their website. So, um, this is so applicable to them. Definitely. All right. So why, why Pinterest should food brands be on tri- Pinterest? I know that you're going to say yes. Cause that's why you're here, <laughs> but I want to talk about this thing that you hinted at with Pinterest having changed over the past five years or so. Like, Isn't it too saturated at this point for, for people to find success there? So the
1: thing that's so interesting about Pinterest is it's still the Wild West. As much as we're on other platforms fighting the algorithms, you know, uh, Pinterest is still pretty new in their approach. You know, they've kept their mission at the forefront and their mission is to help people discover and try new ideas. But they Mm -hmm. also have started adding the word planning in. To the discussion. So if you look at any of their guidance, they start talking about how people are using Pinterest to plan things. Well, what do they plan? I mean, most of those things lead to purchases.
0: Yeah. Like so, when I think about planning on Pinterest, I'm like, Oh, meal planning. Like that's the number one, like it's for food bloggers.
1: Yeah. It's not just for bloggers. So that's the thing. People are planning their purchases. They're decorating their house. They're collecting ideas. Like I was just in there. Um, the other day I was collecting ideas for, I'm looking for some new bedside tables. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a lot of the stuff that we think of when we think of Pinterest, right? Home decor, weddings, crafts. Yeah. Yeah. Recipe bloggers. But there's this whole other world to Pinterest. Um, and there's a couple layers to why it's not saturated. So one is people are using Pinterest as like an addendum to Google. So they go on Google Mm. and they look and Pinterest search is just a whole different experience. You get a lot of different results. So people are using both. The other thing is that Pinterest has realized that their users, pinners, like to see fresh, brand new content. So just because somebody else or you know, 800 food bloggers have been on there for years and they have the same viral pins going, doesn't mean that's getting shown. If you show up with good optimized content and you put it on the platform and it's fresh, they're going to show it to people because they need that. They're tweaking the algorithm to favor brand new content. So now Mm. the, the playing field on entry level is so much more leveled than it's ever been in the past. So it's totally not for bloggers. Then the other thing is Looking at what people are searching for on Pinterest, it's really outside the box as far as what we're thinking it is. <laughs> There's an SEO expert that um, hunted me down at a conference we were both speaking at. And he was like, I have to talk to you because one of my clients is getting all this traffic from Pinterest. And I don't know why. He was seeing <laughs> Google Analytics, yep, right? Yep. Because that's where he's in for doing all his SEO stuff. And I was like, okay, well, tell me about the company. I'm like, what's the industry? He's like, industrial conveyor belts. Huh, <laughs> we went on Pinterest and we found a whole bunch of stuff um related to industrial conveyor belts that people were pinning from um this company's site, and the company didn't even have a Pinterest presence. they yeah. were just pinning it themselves, and so imagine how much more success they could have with that knowledge if they actually went and optimized content and took advantage of that,
0: yeah, I I love thinking about that, and I will say selfishly, I'm very much interested in having this conversation because I, I'm going to admit I have a very old Pinterest account that I am not active on. Sure, like I will go and search Pinterest for you know the bedside table <laughs> inspiration, just like you said, but I'm not actively adding. Pin, I'm not actively pinning, to use your your word. Um, what can, can I re-engage? Do I need to start fresh? Like, what do I do if I have this old account that just has like my wedding inspiration board on it?
1: Oh, okay. So the first thing is anything not relevant to your business, archive it or make it secret, get it okay. off of there. Okay. It's not for, for the end user. Um, and then change to a Pinterest business account. I see a lot of businesses that have a personal account and they're like, I don't have all the features. You don't have analytics. You don't have URL tracking, you know, with your domain, you don't have a bunch of stuff if you don't have a business account. So just get the business account. Um, and then the other thing would be, uh, start pinning at a reasonable rate. So don't be dormant forever. And then go in and add like 400 pins. Oh no, it looks looks spammy. Yeah. So add a few, you know, like five, then add a few more in a couple days or use a tool to help you schedule it out in a more even way. So it's not just like, kablamo, I did a bunch of pins.
0: <laughs> yeah, go from like zero to 60 overnight. I'm yeah, gonna, like that I'm will set off the that. spam alarms and, and Pinterest will be like, what's going on over here? Gotcha. So we're later in this episode, we'll talk a little bit more about like what people should be pinning and how mm-hmm. to do that. Some of those tools that you're alluding to. But I want to still go back to this very basic thing about like why... Pinterest. How can my listeners know whether or not, besides just believing you, how do they know if they should be on Pinterest? How do they know if their audience is on Pinterest? If if they're going to start pinning and it, how will they know if it leads to sales? Yeah. So there's three things that you can do.
1: Um, the first thing is do what that SEO guy did. Go into your Google analytics and see if anyone is actually coming over to you from Pinterest. The beautiful thing about Pinterest is you don't have to have an account. People can just pin your stuff from your website and then come over to you from that way. Once somebody pins your content to Pinterest, it's on there and other people can find Mm -hmm. it. Now, is it on there in an optimized way? Probably not. Um, So that's where you would have an edge. But if people are saving your, your content to Pinterest themselves without your involvement, that's a huge indicator that they're interested in it. That's a huge intent to buy or take action. They're like, I want to save this so I can come back to it later. So that would be, that would be my number one indicator for going on Pinterest.
0: That's such a good tip, Jennifer, because I, I feel like I, I knew this, right? Like I, I have done it myself where I go on someone else's website and I pin something, but it, you, I hadn't really thought about it, that like, if people are pinning my content, that's a natural sign that they want what I'm offering. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You Got can it. also go to um, Pinterest.com forward slash source forward slash whatever your domain name is. So like for mine, it might be smartcreativesocial.com and you can see all
0: the pins originating from your website in real time. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to add that URL <laughs> to our show notes so people, so people can, 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 see what that looks like and see how they can do it for their own business. I can't wait to go look at my own.
1: (laughs) Right? You can be like, why are they pinning that ugly photo? That's
0: where you should first go optimize is like all the places are pinning weird stuff from. Yeah. You're like, oh, why that one? That I feel like that does happen (laughs) to me. I'm like, that's the, that's the thing you're liking. That's the one you're commenting on. Yeah. So analytics is the first way. And then the second
1: way would be to go into Pinterest search in the search bar and search for your topic. And look to see you know, what comes up. Are there suggested keyword combinations that come up, which is a really good indicator that there's a lot of volume of, of searches being done on those topics. Who else is there? And what are they doing in the space? Are their pins all terrible? And there's like a lot of, you, you could do some very very basic effort and have a lot of ROI. Um, there's a, a, a student in my program, or actually a member in my program, who she has a business um, that is a rental business for party rentals. Okay. And she started checking out her competition and doing the research. And she's like, nobody else is doing this very well. Nobody has optimized pins. Like the content is there. People are, are searching for it, but nobody else is doing a good job of it. She's like, I'm going to be the first in my industry. I'm going to own this. So even if there's not anything else really there, that's very good. It's like you can really take over and own a niche. Imagine if you were like one of the first companies to optimize for Google, right? It's that kind of
0: opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I I, like my wheels are turning, right? So I think about like (laughs) someone in my retail ready group who makes a like high protein snack bite, like a a ball. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh gosh, like the opportunities are endless for her to go on Pinterest and start searching for like snack ball recipes, high protein recipes, you know, nut free protein recipes, like all of these different things. Um, right. And I mean, something like
1: that, you could address the elephant in the room, which is, I mean, I would make a pin with your balls on it that says, um, why make them when you can just get them ready made? Like, be like <laughs> yes. now. Like who wants to get all messy with all this stuff and have these balls in the oven and drying and doing all the weird stuff they do with those keto balls? Like who wants yes. to do that? I would address that on the pin. I would put a quote from a, a customer on there that like if a customer said something like, These are so easy to grab and go, I'm never making homemade <laughs> yes. again. I mean, there's so many opportunities for that where you could <laughs> compete with the recipe bloggers to get your product in front of the same people who are really, they're trying to solve a problem, right? I need a quick high protein bite to eat
0: that I know what's in it, right? That's the problem. Yes, Yes. and I mean, I I feel like when... I'm laughing here because I'm thinking about myself, like pinning things with the like highest of intention being like (laughs) on my Sunday, I'm going to make, I'm going to make my own high protein balls. Right. And then of course it never happens. And so if that pin came along my feet and was like, didn't get around to doing that meal prep that you said (laughs) you were going to do, like buy these protein balls. I'd be like, Oh yes. Like, problem solved. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, a lot of opportunity
1: there. And then the third way to check if, if you should be on Pinterest is if you have a business account, the first thing I will tell you to do is just make an ad for like a dollar or $5. It, It doesn't matter what it is for. We just want to turn on, um, a bunch of the ad tools and in the ads area, there's a place where you can research the audience and topics. And so you can type in keywords and see an approximate size of the audience for that topic on Pinterest. So now you've got some numbers and data behind those keywords cool. you're looking to target.
0: Cool. Oh my gosh. I feel like ads on Pinterest are is a whole other world that I haven't even thought about. <laughs> All right. So let's, I love this. Okay. So I am convinced after we finish recording this podcast, I'm going to go and take all these steps and see, you know, see where I stand on Pinterest. But can we talk about some mistakes that, that we want our listeners to avoid? Because I know that you have seen it all. I know that you see brands <laughs> making mistakes left and right. Can, can we talk about some of the high level ones that high level mistakes that brands are making on Pinterest nowadays?
1: Yeah, so I've worked with a lot of brands. You know, while I'm a, a blogger, um, I've worked with a lot of brands with products. And the biggest thing I see them do is they pin their product images, their catalog images. And the the argument I get from them is they're like, but these are beautifully styled. And we paid a photographer and they're edited and photoshopped and they their beautiful, beautiful images. And I'm like, I'm not telling you they're not beautiful. I'm <laughs> telling you they're not optimized for Pinterest. Right, they're, Sometimes they're the wrong size and that's an easy fix with cropping. But typically, you know, a product on a white background does not make for a compelling pin. Sure. Yep. Um, yep. Even if it's a styled product, sometimes it's even more unclear what it is that's the, the
0: subject. Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I guess, I guess that's where we need to separate ego and be like, you know, I paid money. These are beautiful. These are like, this is where my heart and soul is. And that's not what's converting on Pinterest.
1: Yeah. And that goes to also being super tied to branding.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I've had brands where they're like, oh my gosh, our branding is so important. Our logo must be on everything. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But if you think about the way that Pinterest search, like Pinterest has all these things they call surfaces, right? The search feed, the home feed, basically anywhere that pins can be displayed is a surface. Okay. And if you have a bunch of different pin images that go to the same destination, which is what we're encouraged to do because those are fresh pins and I'll get into that a little more later. But if you, if you have a bunch of these different images that all go to the same place and they're all branded... People are smart. They're going to be like, (laughs) these 12 pins all go to the same place next, and they're going to disregard them all. But imagine if they all looked different. Now they all feel like 12 distinct pins, and maybe the number one through five don't catch their attention, but number six does, and you still got to
0: click from them. Mm -hmm. That makes so So, much sense. And I see this, I'm sure you see this on Instagram too, right? Where brands are like literally branding their Instagram images, putting their logo like in the bottom corner. I'm like, no one is stealing your your Instagram images. Like we all know that like this leads back to your website. Like no... No need to go over the top on the branding here.
1: Well, and the people that are going to steal, like, it's so funny. Uh, A project that I made got stolen, it had my watermark on it. It got stolen and put on Alibaba and for sale, right? The image. Oh my gosh. Put the image. They're like, we'll make this for you. They put their (laughs) watermark over top of my my image with my watermark on it. And I was like, it doesn't stop anyone from stealing your image. Right, right. Like, it can still happen. (laughs) Yeah. And then this YouTuber stole my logo. Oh gosh. And had her um, followers attack me on my channel saying, well, she found it on Google. And so
0: you stole it too from Google. (laughs) People are crazy. People are crazy. So I think the the point is here with the, that we can all recognize branded content Mm -hmm. and we can all recognize when things lead back to a sales page. And so what I'm hearing is that on Pinterest, it's important to be diverse in the images that you're pinning and it shouldn't just be the images from your Shopify pages.
1: Yes. Not just your products. And then don't get so hung up on the branding because it's not like Instagram where they're coming and looking at your nine grid. It's, it's mm. a very, the okay. way that they're interacting with your content is through search or through suggestions. They're really not looking at your profile that much.
0: Gotcha. Oh, that, I feel like that's helpful to know that it doesn't have to be so much of a curated thing.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, that leads to the thing of, okay, pinning other people's content. You know, that's, that's a tactic to game the system of okay, well, we're going to pin all this content. So Pinterest thinks we're about these things that aren't ours. And then hopefully it'll show our stuff to that audience. And Pinterest has actually said, like their representatives have said in multiple conferences that I've interacted with them, um, that they would prefer that brands pin their own content because you know that it's good. You know, it's not spammy. Um, it's representing what you offer. Um, if people are telling you, okay, pin this certain ratio of, you know, 30% yours and 70% other people's content, that's all a tactic to game the system. And that has an expiration date. It does not work long-term. Gotcha.
0: That, I feel like that, that feels almost like a blessing and a curse because it's a blessing that I don't need to, that I, that I'm not punished just for saying, just for pinning my own content and being like me, me, me. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like a curse and i think we can talk about this later but that feels daunting to feel like i have to create so much content in order to pin it all the time
1: so it's not it, you set the volume that you want okay. right if you if you want more results then you can ramp it up and have a lot more volume that said on my biggest account right now um that generates the most revenue i have not added any fresh pins for 6 months and it's still going strong. Actually, no, okay. that's not true. I added a couple last week, and they started like taking off right away. Okay, but for you know the five and a half, five and three quarters months before <laughs> that, um, I didn't do anything. I just had my, um, I had an automation set up, so it was still running and doing all of, all of those things. But I, I wasn't sitting there turning out content like I'm right. reporting to work at Pinterest. You can do this very strategically. Um, we can go into workflow if you if you want to talk about that. But you don't have to be um like killing yourself to do this. Yeah. yeah. And it's a much yeah. better use of your time than trying to find and vet other people's content because spam and stolen pins are so prevalent right now. Mm. You have to go and visit the website, make sure it's good and I mean all of that work for for what? That doesn't even look yeah. to be
0: traffic. Yeah. So I imagine that this is the type of thing that you talk about in your course, right? Oh, hundred percent Yeah. <laughs> Can you I'm just gonna pause in the conversation. Can you tell me a little bit about your course?
1: Yeah. So Pro Pros a Membership Program, we have a course inside of it as well as a bunch of different trainings that make up like a strategy. So essentially you get a foundation of, okay, here's what's working on Pinterest right now. Build this on your own account, get it going, get the machine going. And then we teach you how to adjust that to your specific business because Mm -hmm. the strategies aren't cookie cutter, right? We can't just take it from one business and then apply it to another one and get exactly the same results. Because the businesses are different. Right. So what we do is we give you a foundation and then we just hone and tweak and adjust and refine that over time, looking at your data. And um, we teach you how to do that. And what's great about it is it is algorithm proof because there's two reasons. One is you're in your numbers all the time looking at stuff. So you'll start to see drops and, and things that are kind of changing as they're happening. And you'll just naturally start to make micro adjustments that will correct it Mm. because you're not going to be in this reactive state that everyone else is in where they're not in the numbers as much. And then they're, they're, um, going, Oh my God, my traffic just fell off a cliff when there has been indicators for months. (laughs) Right. Right. The signs were there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing all those adjustments. And then the other thing is because you know how to adjust and change your strategy and, and the tactics that you're using to implement that strategy because, because you're in there doing it constantly, it just becomes a thing you do. The algorithm changes every day. So if you're naturally changing every day, you don't have to worry about, oh, the big bad algorithm.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Just, oh, I hear that, that a lot, operate. right? Like the algorithm screwing me over. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I could, we could have a whole other podcast episode on that, but um, yeah. it's not true, right? Like everybody's fighting the same fight.
1: <laughs> well, and, and it's, it's really a mindset thing of like not even looking yeah. at it like a fight of really saying, this is the environment I have to function within. How do I get what I want from this environment? What what do I need to pay attention to so that I can I can approach this in a way that it will get me what I want? And I that's love, I love that's that. really the way to look at it because as soon as you start blaming the algorithm now all personal responsibility goes away and yep. you're not going to make the changes that you need in order to to get the thing that you want.
0: Yeah. Do you find in your course that that most of the people who are taking it are the the business founders or are they like the marketing managers or uh, an assistant or like who's taking, who's taking your course? So I have a mix of like three different types. I have, um, the
1: business founders, you know, especially if they're a little smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have the business founders that are taking it because they want to be informed so Mm -hmm. that they can make sure sure that they have the info for their team. I have their VAs or their marketing people. So sometimes they'll join and then they'll just, um, share their login to the program, which I'm fine with. If, oh, they nice person, so nice if they want their person that's nice. If you want their person in the Facebook group <laughs> and they want to ask questions to have their person asking questions too, then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now you gotta yeah. Right. right <laughs> I'm like, right. I gotta answer questions. I, that's that's a whole nother that's a whole, that's a whole other
0: level. That's a, yeah. that's an enrollment.
1: Yeah. yeah. I call it like your company can be a member, yep. right? Yep. So one person can ask questions in the group. If you want more people to ask questions, then that's a That's group.
0: exactly what we do in retail ready as well. Like your membership comes with access for one person. Um, yeah. But oftentimes people will send, we, you know, we obviously have a, pr- a price break for multiple staff members, employees and stuff. And people love it because then you can send your founder and your sales manager, your founder and your marketing manager. And it, it ends up being a really great sales training for, for a team.
1: Yeah. I mean, we do something similar. So that's something that they would just have to contact us. Usually people are like, I need to put my person in here. What do we do? Um, yeah. And then we we tell them. Um, and then the third kind of person that I have is a VA or an agency owner or someone who works in an agency who's trying to um, improve their Pinterest skills or get another, another approach that yep. they can use with their clients. Yeah. And so a lot of times I'll have people hire from within the program because
0: they're like, we know you guys already have this training. And oh, so, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, like selfishly, I was like, oh, I should send my VA through through your course. <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. So can we get back to this idea of, so we talked about the mistakes that that you see people making, like mm-hmm. pinning only their catalog images, pinning images that are the wrong size or not optimized, pinning other people's content to game the system. Can we talk about best practices from here? I heard yeah, I know so, what not to do. Tell me like the best practices. Best practices are something that is a little
1: <laughs> bit of a you know we have a best practices vault in my program, which I think is kind of funny because I'm always like telling my my members I'm like okay, there's best practices and then there's what we really do, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, best practices are are for the average right? That's kind of like they take everything that everyone does and they say, okay, this is the average that will keep you in the middle. If you want to be in the middle, I guess you could do those. Best practices are the beginning point. What we want to do is play to the edges. And so if you ever followed the marketing guy, Seth Godin, he always talks about the edges. And I love following him because he's just very like cerebral with what he talks about. Mm -hmm. But um, it's true. It's like, what if you do what everyone else is doing on Pinterest and play in the middle, You're going to get middle average results, but you don't want middle average results. (laughs) You want amazing push the envelope results. So you've got to do that. So best practices are a starting point. They are a guideline. So an example of this would be Tailwind, which is a Pinterest scheduling tool. They work very closely with Pinterest. Um, They have a blog and in their blog, they advise that you should pin no more than 50 times a day. That's the average Of where they've seen an ROI tap out after 50 pins a day. Hmm. So you don't get any more return if you pin 70 is what they're saying on average. So we have a member in our program who pins 100 times a day. Now as a best practice, would I ever tell anyone to do that? No, absolutely not. But the way she got there is she started with 50 times a day because that was the best practice. And then she kept increasing until she saw her ROI top out. And that was at 100 pins. Hmm. Yeah. So she,
0: she she, like tried something, evaluated it and made adjustments based on her own performance. Yes. hundred percent. I like this idea of best practices being a starting, a starting place, but realizing that it only ever gets you average results. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned tailwind. Can we talk about other tools that you recommend that people use to help manage their PINs? Yeah. So Canva for graphic design. Mm -hmm. um,
1: I love Canva. In my program, we have 300 Canva templates at this moment in time.
0: 300 Canva templates for PINs.
1: So what's beautiful about Canva is you could, whether you're in my program or you get templates from someone else or you make your own, you can templatize whatever you want. Yep. So get someone to design you 30 pins or 50 pin templates in Canva. Now you have that and you can just copy that over and over. Just drop your images in, change the text, change the colors, change the fonts, and literally do that while you're watching Real Housewives or whatever (laughs) and make your pins or hire a VA to do that. Be like, here's my templates. Now go make me a bunch of pins for $5 an hour, you know, a Filipino VA or something. Yeah. You you don't have to have... um, Photoshop. You don't have to spend, you know, all this time in Illustrator making it gorgeous because, you know, the thing is, if you need a lot of fresh pins, you've got to balance the making the images look different with one another. So Pinterest knows that it's a new graphic with how much, um, how many images you have, how much time you have, right? So We've had people in our program where they're like, I spent an hour on this pen. And I'm like, good Lord, <laughs> set a kitchen timer for five minutes, no more than five minutes a pin." Like, cause as you're tweaking it, now it starts to get more different. Make a, and this is why I love Canva. Co- you can copy Make it copy. Right program yeah. and start tweaking that and tweak that, tweak that, then copy it again. Tweak, tweak, tweak. You want to keep tweaking it for an hour. Great. Now you're going to have, you know, 40 pins
0: mm-hmm. because mm-hmm
1: you're just going to keep copying and that's, it makes it so fast. And then the other tool I love is Airtable.
0: I love yeah. Airtable too.
1: It's so amazing. It's an online pivot table. So I remember sitting there using Google drive going, I wish I could put my pin images in this spreadsheet. So my team would know what description and links go with what image. And we were doing this weird stuff. We were like using Asana and Dropbox and yep, like yep. same same. Airtable, you can put the image right there. So you can have your blog post or landing page linked. You can have your pin description, the keywords you're targeting. It has a you can set it up to have a character counter so that whoever's typing your descriptions doesn't
0: go over the character. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Cool.
1: So in my program, we have one of the bonuses is an Airtable editorial calendar mm. that I use to manage everything, lead magnets, sponsors, like, and it's all tied together and you get a copy of that and you can very just All cool. your stuff. Yeah.
0: Wow, very cool. So
1: you can have someone making all the images for your pins and they upload it there and then someone else scheduling and they can download it from there it's all in one place. I just love it.
0: (laughs) Yay. Me too. Okay. So I will all provide links for Tailwind, Canva and Airtable in our show notes for those of you who didn't quite catch those, but I want to, I want to continue the conversation here, Jennifer. Um, You have said this word fresh pins a few Mm -hmm. times, and I want to be really clear on, on what that is. What, what's a fresh pin? Why is it important? A fresh pin is an image that Pinterest has not
1: seen before. So that has not been Mm. on their platform before. Okay. Got it. So now there's nuances to that, right? So what does that mean? If I take it and and zoom in on it, is it new? Is it fresh?
0: Mm. You tell me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's the thing that we don't know, right? That Pinterest isn't telling us because, you know, as soon as Pinterest tells us those details, people start gaming the system and going, well, it's, 46% 46% changed right so new, you know right <laughs> or it's fresh yeah. um so really just the rule of thumb that i have is if those images were sitting next to one another would you think they were the same would you think they went to the same place and if mm-hmm. the answer is yes
0: then you need to change it more gotcha okay cuz the ultimate goal is to drive traffic you know potentially to a singular place through multiple pins
1: yeah. I mean, that's our strategic goal, a yep. Pinterest goal with it. And this is something to keep in mind. Pinterest goal with it is so that when they're serving up this content to an end user, the end user feels like there's a whole buffet of content instead of just, you know, gotcha. a buffet of four
0: different kinds of potatoes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that makes total sense. Okay, cool. So I'm going to have us take a quick break and then we are going to come back and talk about more of the nitty gritty on how to market your products on Pinterest. Hang tight. Hey, if you have found value in this episode, I know that you are going to love learning more from Jennifer Priest of Smart Pin Pro. Join her free online class on her five steps to gaining massive traffic forever on Pinterest by following the link in my show notes. You'll learn the mistakes that Jennifer sees over and over again when brands start pinning, plus her five-step framework to gaining massive traffic from Pinterest to help you get more customers and page views without spending all of your time pinning. I recently watched this class myself, and I took pages of notes on things to start implementing right away, so I know you're going to love it. Find that link in the show notes and start becoming a pinning pro with Jennifer. Okay, we are back, Jennifer, and I've got one last thing that I want to talk about, and I think it's It's the moment we've all been waiting for. (laughs) I want to talk about like in more detail how to market products on Pinterest and really thinking about it through the lens of food brands. So on a basic level, what should food brands be pinning?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the easiest thing for you to do as a food brand would be if you had a blog. If you had a blog where you have content that you are solving problems for people, so you're doing SEO research ahead of time to know what problems people have and that your product is then positioned as, you know, a solution to that problem. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that just
0: makes it easier. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have students in retail Ready who have blogs that are, you know, recipe based where weekly they're sharing recipes made with their ingredients or ones that are more about seasonal cooking or, you know, sometimes they're not even so related to food, but, um, just making sure that they are having fresh content on that goes back to their website on a regular basis would be like the easiest way to start pinning.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's no like regular schedule for, for blogging. I'm, I'm a very weird blogger. And the fact <laughs> that, um, like last year I did only 15 blog posts and 90% of those were sponsored. Like I don't follow any rules. Gotcha. Um, the, the one thing that I do that has made that very successful and Pinterest is something that's essential to this is research before I create content. So Mm. I'm like, what is it that people are looking for? Not what do I want to make, not what do I, how do I want to position the product, but more what is it that people are looking for? And then how do I meld that with what I want to make?
0: Yeah, right, right. So uh, you being a crafter, instead of just being like, I want to teach people how to make centerpieces for Thanksgiving, you would do research and find out that people wanted to use cranberries and decorative gourds. And then you make a centerpiece around that.
1: Yeah. I mean, even on a food level. So I was working with a hot sauce brand and they wanted these five ingredient um, recipes. And I could have did something really simple like a guacamole or, you know, a bunch of different things. But I did the research to find out that cauliflower and grilled cauliflower were hot right at that moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what I did the topic on. And guess what? I, it went viral. It did really, really great. They're happy. I'm happy because I'm getting more traffic. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, so just doing that research ahead of time and not being so tied to like, well, this is how we position our product. This is how we're we're doing our thing. Like, go go do the research for for your Google SEO, but also do the research on Pinterest. What are I, people?
0: Yeah, and I like this because when you initially said like, food brands should. Ideally, have a blog. I know that some of my listeners were like, "Okay, well, Allie, like, I'm not going to start a blog," or like, "I I have a blog, but I only update it once a month." Or like, you know, I don't, I can't add more work to my plate. And hearing you say that you have a blog where you were you were blogging like once a month in 2019, like that that feels doable.
1: Yeah, and if you really think about like what are the larger goals that your company has, then how can you tie what you're doing on this blog to that? um and serve your people right i'm sure you have faqs i'm mm-hmm. sure you have you know people that are writing in all the time and emailing and saying you know what they did or they're tagging on social with what recipes they did that's all content ideas and then you just do the additional research ahead of time you know with the the seo on pinterest and yep. seo on google
0: yep i love um, that okay so, but what if <laughs> i'm just going to ask what <laughs> if the company doesn't have a blog and they're not going to start a blog how can they use pinterest So we actually have a bunch of YouTubers
1: in our program Mm. that are using Pinterest to drive traffic to their YouTube videos. And I personally use Pinterest to drive traffic to my Facebook live videos.
0: Ah, (laughs) yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. As long as you have somewhere online, you can send people, you can send them there. So Facebook live videos, landing pages, YouTube videos, um, your Instagram account. Right? You can send people wherever you want to send them, your mm. Amazon influencer shop, um, as long as it's clear where they're going to end up. So you don't want them to think that they're getting you know, 10 recipes for keto snacks and mm-hmm. that they end up on a YouTube video and they're thinking they're going to get a blog post, right? So indicate gotcha. on the pin what they're going to get.
0: Gotcha. And is it okay for a brand to have their pins direct to multiple platforms or are we really looking for for are we looking to drive consistent traffic to a singular platform? No, they can go to multiple platforms. In fact,
1: Pinterest analytics has it where it not only can connect to your domain so that you can find, you know, what traffic's happening there, but you can also connect it to Etsy, YouTube, and Instagram. And you'll get insights and data for, from Pinterest analytics of what traffic is actually heading over to those, those platforms. And also all the other data, like How many repins does
0: it have saves? How many people are looking at it? How many impressions? All that stuff. Cool. Oh my gosh. For like a numbers nerd like me, I can, (laughs) I know that this is going to be so, so cool to go dig into. Okay. So we talked about what brands should be pinning. And again, like, I think the number one thing that stands out for me is like, don't just pin pictures of your product. Don't pin those catalog pictures of your product. Drive traffic to that blog or your videos or your landing pages or like whatever it is, as long as it is your own content. It's really important, as you said, to do research before you start creating this content, like talking to your audience and things like that. We talk about that a lot in Retail Ready. Any other important steps in marketing on Pinterest? Um, I think you know, going back to the research thing, mm-hmm.
1: when I'm talking about research, it's easy for people to think that we're really thinking about topics, but it's it's that for sure. But because Pinterest is so visual, one of the beautiful things, and you can do this for your products too, like this is such an easy thing to do. Go search for what you think you're going to do or your product or your you know whatever topic you think you're going to do. search for it on Pinterest and get a lay of the land graphically, what is? the competition look like? What colors are missing from the feed? How could you stand out? What are people doing? Does somebody have, um, something that says like 10 ideas for this, 12 ideas for this, 14 ideas for this. And if you had something that said 75
0: ideas, (laughs) that would blow everyone out of the water. Yeah. Or three ideas, like just be different in one sense (laughs) or another, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing
1: is that Pinterest is a treasure trove of data. So, You go on a pin that's like viral, that's doing really well, not even yours. And you can see comments and photos of people that tried it. What questions are they asking? You can go to the destination page for that, uh, that pin, especially if it's a blog post, look at the comments, where did they fail? Where are people having challenges? Again, if we go back to that keto ball idea, yes you can go and see it where people are having trouble with the recipe. It didn't firm up. It took too many days, blah, blah, blah. I live in a humid area. <laughs>
0: you can make pins that address those. Things. Yes. Right. Like are your keto balls not sticking together because you live in a tropical climate, like <laughs> buy these instead. Yes. I love this idea. It, it for me, it feels exciting because it, it almost feels like a scavenger hunt. There's something that's like, I don't know, like fun and adventurous about being on Pinterest. And I mean,
1: this isn't, this isn't a food topic, but, um, one of my favorite case studies that I use a lot is this gravel patio pin that I created. Some of them go to the blog post and some of them go to the YouTube video, which actually is one of my top performing YouTube videos. Okay. And when I was doing the research on Pinterest to create more fresh pins, because there's only so many ways you can talk about a gravel patio, um, I started looking at other other subtopics that would be related and how I could improve that blog post, improve that piece of content to get even more traffic, but also how I could kind of make the, um, the bait that I'm putting out there a little bit more diverse. So I used gravel patio with fire pit because it had a fire pit. I was right. like, awesome. Right. Then I, one of the highlights, it was from a sponsor. Um, I worked with a sponsor for some fabric that's actually not even for landscaping, but I was using it for landscaping. And um, so I did landscaping fabric. And in that search, I found out that they also called it underlayment and they also called it weed barrier. So people were using these different words for the same thing. Huh. But then I did that research and then I made all these different pins that tackled all those different areas like alternative weed barrier. That's like not black plastic. I tried all these different things. So many of those pins did so well because <laughs> I was getting people onto that piece of content, even if yeah. I said weed barrier alternative for those people, they were looking for that content in my post. I talked about that, mm. you know, and I expanded that area. So it would, it would deliver on the promise that the pin was making. Um, and so even though it was about a gravel patio, they were still getting what they were looking for.
0: I feel like that's a great example, especially one that, you know, again, going back to that idea where it's not necessarily something that I would necessarily think works well on Pinterest, but it totally, <laughs> you totally had success there.
1: Yeah. And even with that, experimenting with before and afters, um, those things are really powerful on Pinterest. If you want to get into Pinterest video, you, creating slideshows with before
0: and afters is Oh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Oh my gosh. I feel like my mind is churning with all of these ideas for for both for myself and even with this podcast on Pinterest, but also for my retail ready students and what we can do um, inside the course to help people figure out how to use Pinterest. I love this. Okay, Jennifer, I've got one last question for you. Where can people find you? I know that, I know we've had a lot of great conversation here today and I know people probably have more questions and and want to start following along with your content, where can, where can they find you? So I am a lot of different places, but probably the best place to find me
1: and to get some free training <laughs> is um, I have a masterclass and it's at smartpin.pro forward slash free. And awesome. you can go sign up for it. It's fi- my five-step process for how to create a Pinterest strategy. I give you the exact framework that we use within our program. Um, and from there you can message me right in the chat box. You can email me, you'll get emails from me and, um, yeah, then you'll get invited to my Facebook group
0: and everything else all from there. I love that. So Jennifer, is it okay if I put that masterclass directly in our show notes? Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. I would love to do that. I'm going to go watch the masterclass (laughs) and start taking notes and um, get in your program because I'm, I'm so excited for this. So thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge today. Thank you for inspiring me to get going on Pinterest again, inspiring me to delete my wedding board off of Pinterest before I get in there. Um, You shared so much valuable content and I am, I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank
1: you for having me. And I'm excited to see what your members and your listeners do with their food brands on Pinterest. I can't wait.
0: All right, Wizzes. What did you think? Are you down to reengage with Pinterest and grow your businesses through that powerful platform? Our conversation today with Jennifer has me fired up and inspired to try using Pinterest to grow the listenership of this podcast. That would be a cool experiment, right? I'm totally down to try it and report back to you guys. What do you think? are you with me? Let's continue the conversation in my Food Biz Wiz Facebook group, and I'd love to hear how this episode lands with you. Come join us. You will find the Food Biz Wiz Facebook group in the show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. See you next week, and until then, stay busy. This episode is supported by Smart Pin Pros free online training on Pinterest. You guys know that I am really picky about recommending online trainings and Jennifer Priest nails it with this one. In this class, you'll learn the secrets to getting Pinterest to show your content to your ideal audience for free and how to generate massive traffic which leads to sales using Jennifer's Smart Pin Pro system. Join her free class today by following the link in my show notes. You are going to love it.
1: Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat.
0: Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com
1: for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay
0: busy.